Hey everyone, and welcome to Social Sport. I'm your host, Emma Zimmerman, and this show is a member of the Sidious Mag Podcast Network. On this show, I feature conversations with endurance athletes committed to fostering social change. Okay, stick with me as I tell you something groundbreaking. Are you ready? Sports are not the center of the world, not when we consider all of the big topics and issues that exist in this world. But at the same time, sports are the center of the world. Endurance sports provide us with a great avenue to explore the topics that really matter, from climate change to mental health to equity and inclusion. So come along as my guests and I explore one question. How are endurance sports a powerful platform for social change? This episode of the Social Sport Podcast is sponsored by Ope Running. Ope Running is an ethical running apparel brand designed and produced in Minnesota. The mission of Ope is truly incredible. Their performance apparel is high quality, made of recycled and dead stock fabrics, which is pretty unique. Ope even offsets the carbon emissions for every order they ship. So if you are a runner who cares about your impact on our planet and the people who reside here, and I hope you care about that, then this apparel is for you. I recently have been loving my Ope running apparel, and especially my tiny Lil shorts, which I have in the ocean blue color. They are made of a really breathable fabric, so they're ideal for spring and summer running. They're also super bright and fun, and I've gotten many compliments on them while running around New York. And as a bonus, they're called Tiny Lil Shorts, which is just a really fun name, and all of Ope's apparel has fun names. If you want to try out this incredible brand, head on over to oprunning.com and use code SOCIALSPORT at checkout to get 15% off your order. Again, that's OPERunning.com and code SOCIALSPORT. Sabrina De La Cruz, who is formerly known as Sabrina Lopez, joins me on the podcast today. Sabrina is an elite runner and one of the founders of Angel City Elite, which is a running team based in Los Angeles with the mission to bridge the disparity gap of BIPOC representation in the running community. In this episode, Sabrina and I talk all about Angel City Elite and why representation is important at the highest levels of sport. We also talk about her experience with an eating disorder as a young adult and how her cultural identity and running interacted with it. We also discuss how professional runners have been changing the game when it comes to talking about pregnancy and training, which is something Sabrina is going through right now. Obviously, we get into a lot of different and very important topics in this conversation, so please enjoy. Hey, Sabrina, welcome to Social Sport. Can you start us off by introducing yourself to the podcast? So I always like to hear who people are, where they are right now, and what they're passionate about. So my name is Sabrina Dela Cruz. I live at LA, California. I am a sister of three. I am a family person. And I also, like, one of my biggest passions is to connect to the community and also con- and just connect with people everywhere. And that's my biggest like passion. And uh, I'm, I'm willing to like be open and I'm really excited to be on this podcast with you, Emma, for today. I'm so excited to talk with you too and to have you here. And that connection piece is so clear in everything that you do. I feel like just this new team you're creating, which I'm so excited to go into. But I want to, first of all, touch on the fact that 
I think the last year has been an absolute whirlwind for you. I mean, you got married, you started this new team, and also you're expecting your first baby this fall. So yeah. congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that is so exciting. So I kind of want to launch right into it. I mean, the announcement came out this spring, the new running team, Angel City Elite. And in the March uh, women's running article by Erin Strout, she said that you looked around at the Olympic marathon trials and were struck by the lack of diversity around you. So how did you get to, you know, Olympic trials, recognizing this big issue to point B, creating this team? Yeah. So I've, I've seen this like, like issue since I was like in college. Um, and then more post collegiately when I would like travel out of state. Um, so I've seen this injustice. I've seen just a lack of diversity and that's something that I've always wanted to do, but I did not know how to start a team. I did not know how to do it. Um, I would tell like my, well, at the time he was my fiance. Now he's my husband. At the time I would tell him, you know, I want to do something that's outside of me that I have fear to do, but, but then it would help me grow as a person. And then finally at the Olympic marathon trials, that's when I recognized there wasn't much, you know, people that looked like me. Um, so I knew then starting, starting at that starting line at the Olympic trials, that I wanted to do something. I wanted to have that change. So then like a month later that a month later after the Olympic marathon trials, I went for a run and I was just daydreaming. I'm like, what if I started this team? What if I called, you know, people that I know that's around here who are BIPOC, um, who are people of color. And I called them like, Hey, like, what do you think of this idea? Thinking of starting a team. And what do you guys think about it? And they were all for it. So that's when we started the team and connecting with sponsors. We we love Brooks just because the way that they were very professional, they they embodied um, something that we we truly loved, which was to amplify our voices um, and just like connecting with us and not only just like in a sports realm, but also in a, in a personal level as well. That's what mm-hmm. we loved about Brooks too. Yeah. So that's how it started. <laughs> yeah. So just to make sure all my listeners are on the same page, could you kind of recap like your mission with Angel City Elite and your hopes and dreams for it? Yeah, definitely. So our mission is to pretty much just to inspire, educate um, the community, um, help to also inspire the younger generation I think that's our biggest goal, just because we saw the Olympic marathon trials that there wasn't much diversity there. Our hopes and dreams is, you know, creating this team, hopefully like the younger generation will be like, okay, I see someone that looks like me. So maybe I could, you know, compete and maybe try for the trials, like, you know, compete at the Olympic marathon trials, either for track or cross country, or I mean, not cross country, I mean, for the full marathon. Um, So that's what our mission was and why it was created but our vision and hope though as a team is to really like impact our community and hopefully impact the world hopefully by social media (laughs) and like doing podcasts like today like doing it with you so hopefully like we could spread the word as well and also just educating like the young men and women so that's one of our goals is hopefully by, by the end of summer, hopefully the pandemic gets better and 
everything's good so that we could like go to high schools and connect with the younger generation and hopefully like, you know, give out resources. Cause I think that's one issue. Maybe that's, that's what we were brainstorming. I mean, as me, as a personal level, I did have lack of resources and I didn't see much women that look like me. So I'm hoping, you know, that was the reason. And then we could um, increase BIPOC individuals to compete at a higher level. I love what you're saying about the younger generation. And you had that quote, I see someone who looks like me, you know, like a, a child seeing that maybe a child who wants to be a runner or an athlete. And I'm wondering, because I think we we see maybe people talking about representation in different levels of the sport, but why is it so important to have this team where this team of women who all are BIPOC athletes at the elite level? Why is it so important at that level? I think it's so important because we need more diversity in the elite level. And I think it's very important as well, just because if we don't see changes, then there'll never be changes. And I think it's good to also like learn about different cultures, um, mm-hmm. learn about different upbringings. And if we just see just white individuals who are, who are, who are Caucasian, who are competing at the elite level, I feel like, you know, like many BIPOC individuals may not think that they're, you know, successful enough and not, or they're not able to do that as well. Um, so I think that's, that's very important. Um, to see others, other individuals who are diverse, who could compete there. And that's very important. What has the effect been on you? Because, you know, you're surrounded now, or I'm not sure how much you're training together at this point, but there are these five women on the team now, all who identify as BIPOC. I can imagine that this is a different experience for you within this pretty predominantly white elite running world. So what has that been like? I think like us as women, being in a team of women and just um, connecting with each other, brainstorming with each other, even us like joining um, like on Zoom calls to each other, just really like ed- educating on like each other and what we could bring to the table. Because like, you know, yes, like we, we want to perform, but we also want to have this change. And we know this like, you know, doing some changes may not be easy. Um, so I think, I mean, all of us are just very inspired by one another. We empower one another. We support one another. We want the best for one another. And that's amazing because you don't see, um, I mean, maybe you see it, but I want to like embody that, you know, women could support each other and that we could look out for each other. Um, So I think it's just great that, you know, like us educating others, and hopefully inspiring others will help like, you know, make that change. Totally. I hope so too. You said that you want to perform, of course you do, but you also want to see that change. And I feel like I'm seeing a little bit of shift of a shift, at least, you know, in sponsorship, mm-hmm. maybe a slight one where there is this recognition that athletes don't just have to be performers, that they want people perhaps who are speaking out and wanting to make a change. Do you think that's true in the sport of distance running or do you think it's still a predominant focus on athletes who perform or do you think there is a need for athletes who want to do something else with their sport? I think 2020 was a year and I think for till now 
was a year where we saw just a lot of injustices, a lot of hate crimes, um, a lot of things that, you know, was very hurtful. Even me remembering the past, like when I was stereotyped um, and all that, like I now recognize that um, we all need to do our poor part. And I do see that shift and change now. Like you mentioned right now, like, you know, now that sponsors are now seeing that they don't have much diversity, they don't have much BIPOC um, individuals, and they want to change that. I think it's it's awesome that sponsors are giving opportunities to us because I feel like what happened for I know like it was I mean it is horrible, but it's 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 now creating that change. Now we as a community are working together to, to shift and to, and to make a difference and to really like hear each other's voices as well. And to be understanding because everyone has their own stories. I could speak about my story, but I feel like everyone else, like I feel like we can learn from each other as well. Like you mentioned, I feel like now it's like shifting, like it's opening to now, like, I'm hoping that things will get a lot better and hopefully hate crimes and racism will soon maybe, I know right now it's not happening now, but hopefully soon, like, you know, things could get a lot better, but totally. we're getting long, there. Long road. So you yeah. mentioned the affiliation with Brooks and I love to hear more yeah. about what that partnership looks like and the specifics of that relationship. Yeah. So when we contacted Brooks, what we loved about them is that they were all in 100% on board, which we loved. And we loved how professional they were with us, as in like we emailed them and then they emailed us back immediately. And again, like they were very like, like understanding what we wanted, but they wanted to know us all in an individual basis as well. So I felt like it was a family, <laughs> um, which is which is amazing because you don't sm- you know you don't find sponsors like that. So working with Brooks, I felt like they were open and like hearing us out and what we wanted, and they were okay with that and moving forward. And then like again, like creating a team. I did not know that you had to like create either an LLC or a nonprofit, and like, like money, like how, like how money, like, you know, creating a website and having money for that. And then Brooks. And your website is beautiful, by the way. It looks great. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And then creating that website. And then again, that had to put money. Brooks helped us put money into that website. They helped us create like the LLC and they are just like, just, just amazing um, people who are working for Brooks and they're just helping us with resources and traveling expenses. And we're just very lucky to, you know, have that partnership with Brooks. Um, So. It's funny. I've heard that about Brooks recently, just that, you know, that practice of having a personal relationship and getting to know the athlete, supporting the athlete in a very holistic way. And of course, I'm in no way affiliated with Brooks, but I I just know Mm -hmm. I've recognized that lately. I recently spoke with Kat Bradley for a trail runner article Mm -hmm. and she mentioned Julie Coley at Brooks and what a positive relationship that has been. I know you you've all worked with uh, Julie as well, I believe. Right. 
Yes, yes, she's amazing. <laughs> yes, yeah. she, uh, she was the one that I connected like at first from the very start in the very beginning. Um, she's an amazing, passionate, very supportive lady. So it's just cool to hear that there are people and brands like that on the on the brand side who are really investing in the athlete. It's it's cool to hear multiple athletes saying the same thing about one brand. Definitely. So as I mentioned earlier, you are expecting your first child in September. Congratulations again. Do you, Thank you. <laughs> ever, do you ever think about the effect that this team will have on your child of seeing their mother training with a bunch of BIPOC women at the elite level? <laughs> I'm hoping that could, you know, hopefully inspire him because now I know that it's a him, um, inspire him to, you know, want to compete too at a higher level. And, you know, I don't want to put pressure on him. Like, I don't want him to think that he could run. I want him to play all the sports that he wants. <laughs> um, but no, like, I think it's, it's amazing. Like, I even, even the ladies on the team say that that's going to be their, um, their um, bias. <laughs> bias means ads. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I feel like we're family again, like the team and I, and um yeah, I feel like it's just, it's just amazing just having their support. I wouldn't be able to do this without them. Um, just like, you know, me texting them or texting the ladies on the team, like pictures of like my pregnant belly and then them just like sending me, oh, like you look beautiful and just like encouragement and always positive, you know, always be positive. So I think it's a good thing that my son will be surrounded by these beautiful young ladies soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will be. I love that. Yeah. So you mentioned you want your son to play all different sports. I want to go a little bit further back. I know you played a lot of different sports when you were growing up. Yeah. So I'm wondering what your experience was like seeing yourself represented in those other sports that you played as a child. Yeah. So I played soccer. I feel like there was a lot of POC individuals that played soccer. When I played basketball, I remember just a lot of BIPOC individuals playing. I see a lot, a lot of different diversities, um, representation playing. I think when I started getting to running, that's when I saw like the lack of representation. Um, but thankfully, my parents did start me in sports at a young age. I feel like that helped me with good sportsmanship, being committed. Um, there was times when I remember when I was younger and I did not want to go to basketball practice. And my parents were like, no, you need to finish what you started, what you signed up for. You need to do it. So, which I did. Um, so I'm just glad that I played sports and um, yeah. So I just saw like that, like, again, what you mentioned, like that um, when playing sports, like I saw me in a personal level, like I just saw like that shift of like playing basketball, mm. um, soccer, more diversity compared to running. And even like, I remember going, you know, attending high school, I would um, buy running magazines and seeing more white individuals who were in the front cover and seeing them skinny, white. And I think that may have caused like a lot of my eating disorders in high school because I thought like, you know, maybe being thin would make me faster, uh, which it did, but it caused a lot of injuries and depression, like mental health issues when I started like my senior year and then to college. So 
Yeah, that was just a shift from, again, from sports to running to really lacking that confidence, mental health, eating disorders, and For sure. now a lot healthier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really appreciate you sharing that. And it reminds me a lot of a conversation I had of Starla Garcia, a registered yeah. dietitian. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her work, but she's a registered dietitian in the running world. And she was talking about um, her eating disorder as a division one runner as well, mm-hmm. and how her identity as a Mexican American woman and, and not seeing her body represented in the sport kind of mm-hmm. triggered that. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm curious whether that experience, whether you made a connection with your cultural identity and the onset of your eating disorder or whether they weren't connected at all. Definitely. I did not see the connection, seeing body types that I saw in magazines compared to mine um, growing up. Um, like when I started running, um, my family is like, you know, been in the heavier side. And some of them are like more like, you know, have a boot, like, you know, have like a bigger butt. And they even thought that I was getting unhealthy. So they even thought like me being slim was looked out unhealthy. But that's part of my coat that that's, you know, again, that's part of my culture. Being too thin could not look, you know, make you look ugly. That's what they believed. Um, but again, I wanted to have this vision of looking skinnier because I, again, I thought that's what's going to make me, you know, successful. That's going to make me a better me. That's going to make me confident. That's going to make me, you know, perform to the highest level. Um, but again, I think a lot of it has to do um, not seeing that, you know, um, different body shapes. And um, not seeing that, you know, not seeing much diversity, like in running magazines. Totally. Yeah. And I know you have a twin that you, you know, trained with for a long time. And, yes. and I know you were, you went through all this together. What were your conversations like around culture and body at this time? Um, with her and I, we both had eating, eating disorders. Um, unfortunately at that time, I felt like my sister would, would really mimic what I did. So I think I'm the one that started the eating disorder and she mimicked what I did, which I think is kind of, you know, just bad because I feel like us, like being a twin, we model what we model each other. Um, so I think I influenced her to do something that wasn't good. Um, and now, uh, like us being older, we we both recognize that. I think my sister didn't recognize like the culture, but I think she she recognized just the bad habits that I had. Yeah, so I think my sister and I we ended up just change going to different colleges, just because of again just that influence, mm. bad habits towards each other. But yeah, totally, and yeah, that's interesting, kind of because I you know, I have a sister, you know, a lot of people have sisters who know how competitive it is, but I'm sure as a twin, it just exacerbates it even more. And I'm sure there are lots of lovely things about being a twin, but, but that must be very difficult when you're going through something mentally as well. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah. Especially being a twin. I don't know if you know any twin friends. Um, I think the toughest part, I, I mean, I love being a twin, She's my best friend, my sister, everything. Again, I think just the challenging part, it's just like maybe some, not all twins, some twins may mimic each other. So it's important to like understand your individual self. Because I think at that time I really needed like, you know, just 
maybe see a psychologist or, um, you know, seek professional help. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I'm so happy that you eventually did get to a better place and you mentioned that you are now. How did you find that space of more peace with your body and food? How did that happen? Um, When I transferred, so I attended Oregon State for about two years and I then I transferred out to Cal State LA where it's here in LA and it's where my family's from. So I came back. Um, just because I was very depressed at Oregon. Family is very important, like I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just, it was, it was just a shock. It, w- it was a shock to me. So I ended up coming back here and I felt that shift that in like understanding nutrition is by my teammates. I feel like my teammates helped me see that I don't have to like eat so little and seeing them eat and um, being positive and just being my role models. I felt like they were my role models at that time that I wanted to change. And I also saw um, a nutritionist at that time and also a psychologist at that time to really help with my, really help with my inner demons that, that was like controlling my mind, controlling to the point where, you know, my, my mind was telling me that, Oh, you're not good enough you're, you're fat, which really I was not. Um, so that was something I need to gain control of. And then again, like seeing the different body types at Cal State LA, seeing well, Cal State LA is very diverse. So just seeing the different bodies and knowing it's like, okay, I could eat hot Cheetos and I won't get fat. And that's totally okay. Not eat it every day, but that's fine. Um, so yeah, just understanding myself and then, which I did. Yeah, it's so interesting to me that this disorder was so intense at Oregon State, which is, I believe, a much more a, a much more predominantly white university, and obviously a predominantly white state. And then you mm-hmm. you went to uh, Cal State Los Angeles, and and you mentioned that it was much more diverse, and you also be- got to a healthier place then. So I think that just goes to show the importance on in a mental health standpoint of seeing yourself in a place yes so now you are super open about female athlete health and menstrual health on your instagram and in your writing what do you most wish to get across about that topic that when a men when you're when you have a menstrual cycle that it's important to get it every month and that when you stop that you know understand that you know you, you need to Maybe consult with a doctor, consult with a consult with a nutritionist. Just because if you don't have your menstrual cycle, it's either because you're not eating enough, you're exercising too much, um, and, or maybe because of your your because of your, you stress. Maybe you're you're like stressing so much about something that you really need to maybe take a deep breath, take a breather, and like understand like you know why you're stressed. Um, so yeah, so that's something that I think is very important for one young woman to even share, you know, like, you know, them like having menstrual cycles and how you feel, feel about it and just being open about it. And I feel like it's very important because I remember in high school, I did not get it for a really long time. And now, like from now, from then to now, like, I didn't really think about like, you know, childbirth or even having a baby and 
for these past two years, I really committed to having my period every single month in cycle because that was one of my goals is to maybe someday have, you know, get pregnant. Um, so I think that if I wasn't, you know, like understanding, like getting my period every month, like I'm not sure if I would have probably got pregnant today. Um, and I also got like an, like a, you know, period app. I'm not sure if you have one of those and I was committed. Yes, they are. (laughs) Um, and then, so yeah, so I was committed to like, you know, like doing my monthly cycle every month. And if I didn't start, I needed to consult with someone, either a nutritionist or maybe take a step back and like, understand like, why am I not getting my period? Like maybe I'm not eating, eating enough. And and yeah, just like, just understanding that. So I think it's very important for, you know, even runners. I feel like a lot of the times like runners do struggle with having periods. Um, so I think it's just important just to be aware of your body. Um, so yeah, reach out for professional help. Moral of the story. I love that you said uh, that. So important. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I know I'm like speaking all of it. No, 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 no. It's all super helpful. And I think it's funny that you mentioned like the the tracking apps because, you know, you're so for like destigmatizing, talking about periods with female athletes. But I find it funny that so many of these apps have like very strange, like disconnected names, you know, and like kind of a like discreet name and you would never know that they look like that they are a period tracking app. So I I love those apps, but I think it's like kind of funny how our culture continues to stigmatize this conversation in weird ways. Yes. So I want to go a little bit back to a representation before we wrap up and talk about the importance of being invited. Because I read somewhere, this is going back to your childhood, that when you started running in high school, you were invited by a girl, by a Latina girl on the team to join the cross country team, correct? Yes, that's correct. So could you tell us about that? Can you tell us that story? Yeah. <laughs> so at that time, it was during high school. I, again, in high school, I was playing basketball, volleyball, was not great at those sports. I was actually a bench warmer. <laughs> and a woman who was a senior at that time, I remember her being just amazing, like all around in sports. She played amazing basketball, volleyball, but she came up to me and she told me like, you need to try out for the cross country and track team. Like I see potential in you. And at that time, like I felt like she was my role model. Um, She was Latina. I thought she was beautiful. She was very confident. And at that time, like I mentioned earlier, like I struggled with confidence. So I wanted to join because of her. So then I joined the team I started getting better than from there, like, because of her, I run, you know, till, till today. So thank you to her. <laughs> I love that story because it just shows so much about the power of an invitation, I think, and just the power yeah. of feeling welcome and represented and all of that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm so glad that I went to my high school because I don't think that like, I don't know. I just, I'm just so like, happy that I met this individual because like again I feel like running saved me shaped who I am helped me attend college I didn't think I was going to attend college um without running so running is what helped me you know provide and help me get a scholarship to running 
Um, there was a lot of my, my family members, you know, you don't see a lot of people who graduate from college. Um, so I know that, you know, Angel City Elite will help, you know, connect with younger generation. Hopefully, you know, tell me like, you know, Ryan, and you could also like become educated as well. Um, so it's like a win-win situation too. So totally. It's so much more than running. So yeah, what just- are you? What are your big dreams? I mean, I know Angel City Elites, Angel City, it's in LA now, but I'm I'm sure yeah. I can imagine that you have a hope for what it might inspire. So what do you envision coming from this or what do you envision it inspiring in the greater running community? I'm hoping that it just, just inspires everyone. I mean, I'm again, I'm just folk, I'm like addressing a lot to the younger generation because I feel like that's going to be like a lot of the change um and also like post-collegiately I think it's important too like I'm hoping that you know like us you know you know um speaking our truth or stories um creating this team will hopefully you know inspire young individuals to want to compete at a high in, in a higher level and also like having the community um also you know, unite as one, too. I think that's very important as well. Um, and yeah, we're just hoping to just to, you know, like inspire people and motivate, you know, people to like, you know, go out for a run, even if you're a mom, if you're a grandmother, um, you know, you could still do it, you know, it's never too late to do something that you think you may not enjoy, or you have fear to do, like, you know, you could always do it. So yeah, that's our goal. Totally. So I do want to know what is going on with your personal training right now? Any big races on the horizon? What does that look like? Well, the first trimester, I was horrible. I could not run. I just completely forgot for a second that you're pregnant, of course. Yes. (laughs) Stupid question. But afterwards. No, no, no. No, it's good to talk about this too. But at the second trimester, I felt a little better, like less nauseous. And I felt like I was running good, like 730 pace. And I was thinking of running something in the summer, even during pregnancy. Today I ran, I ran like 10 minute pace. Like every day is different. So I don't think racing is like even, I mean, maybe I shouldn't even do it. But after (laughs) I'm thinking of racing a marathon for sure. Either because I'm due in September so I'm thinking maybe Houston Marathon, if I'm not, if I'm not ready for that, because I don't want to, you know, start up too quickly, maybe Grandma's or maybe CIM next year. So we'll see. Cool. Yeah, I'm so excited to see what you do. And I love how you're very much like, ah, you know, I'm listening to myself if I'm, I'm running 10 minute miles right now and I don't want to start up too quickly afterwards because I feel like that. Like, that's another thing that's changing. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I see, you know, like Alephine and all these pro runners kind of being more open about coming back from pregnancy. And I guess I'm curious how that's affected you, if that's affected the way you think about pregnancy and running. I just, again, for me personally, I take a day by day. If I wanted to, if I want to take a day off, I take a day off. But having like Alephine and having other, other individuals who are coming out from pregnancy it does really like help like educate us to like, you know, like even if you're, you know, running professionally, like it's okay to take it slow. So I'm glad that they're open on their social media platforms too. Um, Cause I'm sure it's, you know, it's going to help me. It's going to help other individuals too, who are just getting pregnant or getting off pregnancy. Um, sure. Cause everyone has their own bodies, you know, like you have to, again, listen to you. 
Yeah. So do you. <laughs> do you. Totally. <laughs> All right, yeah. Sabrina. So I have some fun rapid fire questions to get us to the end of this podcast. Uh, you okay. could be elite in any sport, any other sport, but not running. What would you choose? I would probably choose um, tennis. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that seems like a fun sport to do. Cool. Favorite place to run? Griffith Park. Is that I don't in know LA? I've run there before. Yes, it's in LA. Have you run there before? Been there? No, so I have. I've been to LA when I was like a very young child, but I need to go back to LA. So I don't know any of the running places. Well, let me know when you're around here. I'll show you some trails and run with you. you I totally here. will. Thank you. Yeah, I've heard it. it's like beautiful trails out there. Yeah, yes, it is. Do you have a dream race that you haven't done? I would like to race out of the country somewhere. Um, so a marathon out of the country. Not specifically. I just wanted to be out of the country. Any of them. <laughs> marathon, yes. <laughs> Got it. So that would be a dream. Is there a show or movie you've watched or a book you've read during the past year that you recommend? Um, so I got, so, um, I, I've been watching this, well, I saw the movie Selena when I was like seven and I saw I the series I finished it yesterday. I love Selena. She's so inspirational. Um, so if anybody's out there who, you know, if they haven't seen her, doesn't know who she is, please see her movie, her Netflix series. She's amazing. Yeah. Have you <laughs> listened to the podcast? Um, the What's it called? Any, I think it's called Anything for Selena podcast. No, I have not. It's write it so down. good. You need to. Oh, you would love it. Okay. Okay. I'll for sure listen to it during yeah, my it's all about like what Selena represents for <laughs> oh, uh, like identity and yeah, Mexican-American identities and like just Latinidad and, and like queerness. And it's, it's just so cool. <laughs> So why is sport a powerful platform for social change? That is my last question that I like to ask everyone. Oh, that's a good question. Let me think. Totally <laughs> so I time. think sports should be with just not one, you know, culture could be like many more. So I feel like um, all of us, you know, playing in a sport could hopefully empower other individuals to join. So that's how I see it now. And I think sport is a beautiful thing too, because like, I don't know, for an example, like football, since I don't know when's football season going to be, but I know like, you know, when I was younger, we would have like barbecues and my whole family would go. So I feel like it also unites people together as well to, you know, see, see football games or see track races um, on TV. So I think that's very awesome that we have that like unity unification together as a community as a family as friends so yeah I think I hope that answers the question yeah it does no that was beautiful and that's a bit of a different answer than I've gotten before it seems like you keep coming back to that you know family and and community which I love so much yeah I know thank you so thank you so much Sabrina for coming on this has been a joy I love everything that you're doing I can't wait to keep following along with Angel City Elite and with uh, your personal career and everything you do. So thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social Sport. 
If you want to learn more about Angel City Elite or anything discussed in this episode, you can find links in the show notes. Of course, if you resonated with this episode, feel free to reach out on Instagram and let me know at socialsportpod. And please share this conversation with your friends. Another thing that you can do to support the show is to head on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Thank you for listening today. Stay sporty and keep resisting.